Yes, it is Sunday, August 16th, 2020, and welcome to another episode of the TGWE podcast, otherwise known as the Guy Who Edits podcast, hosted by Lance, yours truly. Now, you know the deal. Uh, We get into what happened to the world of sports, more specifically with the Yankees, New York Yankees, and um, everything else that's happening. We'll dive into basketball soon. The NBA playoffs are happening as well in the bubble. That's a lot to be said there. And, of course, we'll leave the later half of this podcast for film and television. But what has happened with the Yankees, a lot has happened in the last week with the Yankees. Um, obviously, last last week, John Carlos Stanton got injured. You know, he uh, pulled his hamstring sliding to second base, something that he probably shouldn't have been doing, you know, as a DH and as a guy who has had a history of pulling muscles in the past, the guy pulled his hamstring, you know what I mean, there's, there's nothing more that could be said there, he's going to be out three to four weeks, and that was a big blow to the Yankees, we still had Judge, and we still had DJ, oh, really, well, not for long, um, you know, John Carlos Stanton is a giant, six foot six, 270, 280 pounds, probably one of the strongest, if not the strongest MLB player in the major leagues, you know who else is right next to him? You guessed it, Aaron Judge. And he's actually an inch taller than Giancarlo Stanton. And I'm sure they're around the same weight in terms of muscle mass and everything like that. But it's it's crazy because he also pulled something. He, you know, had tightness in his, I think it was his calf muscle. Yeah, it was, it was his calf muscle. Um, a strained calf. It was a mild one, they say. It was a grade one, very mild, as mild as they come by. But this is not good considering the fact that everybody was calling Aaron Judge injury prone for the last few years because of what has happened, his freak injuries. 2017, he's he's kind of out after All-Star weekend and or All-Star week. And uh, he takes he goes on a little bit of a slump and he gets back into form gradually but you know it it was it was a little bit of a setback there in 2017 not as much as 2018 but he got hit freakishly by a fastball up and into the wrist that took him out for for quite some time and he ended up missing up a month and a half because of it and he only ended up I believe with 28 home runs or 27 I'm not sure exactly but not nearly as many home runs as he could have had if he didn't suffer that injury. He could have at least had 40 if he didn't get injured. Um, and then, of course, you happen what happened. Uh, you have what happened last year in 2019, where he kind of like tore his oblique. He had like an oblique strain, and then you you, you saw some other things uh, in in terms of. I don't even know. Like it, I think it was mostly just his oblique strain. Took him out for a month. And, you know, he came back, he took a long time to produce, he didn't pull the ball a lot, and people thought it was because of his swing or because it was healthy, but I think honestly it was because it was healthy, because to be honest with you, if you look at Aaron Judge, he hasn't really done anything different with his swing, it's just the ball's been coming up and in and he's been pulling it, but at the same time, his swing and his stance has been relatively the same, you know, when he strikes, when he swings and misses, he looks exactly the same, and when he hits the ball, it looks it looks very much the same as every time else. He has, he's a routine 
He's a routine guy. The guy swings a certain way, and I don't think that you know you could change it so rapidly as much as he had, especially since 2017 he had changed it so much from 2016 and the years before that. If you ever look at Aaron Judge's batting stance before he even got into the big leagues, it was nothing like it is now. It was ugly, to be honest. Now, you know, he's the guy is a monster. His, his stance really fits him. He really seems comfortable. Um, but yeah, you know, he was he was pushing the ball instead of pulling the ball in 2019, and people thought it was because it was health health or it's because he just cha- deliberately changed his stance. And I don't think so. I think it was just his health. But you know, 2020 comes around. Obviously, you have a delay. But before the delay, he was said to be injured. It was said that he was going to miss some time because I believe it was something that had to do with a a pulled um, with a with with a with a collarbone. I think it was a. One of his ribs, one of his upper ribs was affected from a dive he had did back in like August of 2019. And it had stayed with him through the playoffs. He played through it, not, you know, which is great on his end because obviously, you know, that's that's a show as a fighter. He He's a fighter. Even if he gets hurt, he's still going to play through it. Uh, who knows if he could have p- played even better than he did. But, you know, that, that goes to show. And um, it's a shame. And uh, so that happened, but luck, you know, not luckily, but unfortunately, you know, COVID happened, it delayed the whole season, and we started in July instead of the usual March, April start date. He was able to be ready. Giancarlo had a similar problem. Now he was able to be ready. They were both healthy for the first time in, in like almost two years. And it seemed like they were raking with each other. You know, it was it was Glaber in between them, but in the order it was it was Giancarlo. It was DJ, Aaron, Glaber, Giancarlo. It was it was Rake City. It was Rake City. And it was beautiful to watch. But then after a while you see that and you're just like, damn, hopefully this is sustainable. I hope none nobody, nobody gets injured. And then of course Giancarlo has his injury. And then right now you have Aaron Judge with his injury, and it's just like, ah oh, man. Uh, apparently now he feels 100% as of August 16th, he feels good. And he actually quote unquote begged, you know, Aaron Boone not to put him on the, on the IL or the Yankees staff not to put him on the IL. But, you know, he's such a big part of the Yankees stick. Like he's, he's the guy, he's the face of New York, but he's also one of the biggest faces in all of baseball. So you have to keep an attraction like that healthy. You have to, because he has to be ready for October. He's not ready for October. Health-wise, it's just not going to be October. You know what I mean? It's not going to be living up to the full potential. So, luckily, he feels better. And I understand they put him on the IL for a reason. But at the same time, it still was disheartening to see that both him and Giancarlo were out on the IL together when they just kind of had similar things happen last year and a year before that. Even though Giancarlo did play, I think, 154 games in 2018, it wasn't like, you know... uh, like like I said, Aaron wasn't healthy for a large portion of that time. And then same thing happened, but vice versa with Stanton being out and Judge being in, but still getting injured along the way. It was it was crazy. And then you have this fluke thing that happens yesterday, Saturday, August 15th. You know, I think Eovaldi threw DJ. He comes up to the plate. Eovaldi throws DJ a fastball uh, up and away. DJ swings. He looks uncomfortable as he as he's letting go of his swing. He kind of almost snatches his hand. His hand kind of slings back, and he he just he just looks uncomfortable. 
and you got the trainers coming out, you got Aaron Boone coming out. It's just like, wow, what the hell is happening? You know, you already have two of the MVP caliber, caliber guys out, and then you, all of a sudden, DJ, who's the guy who's consistent among everybody else, the guy who everybody says they could beat Ted Williams' batting average this season, over 400, the guy gets injured, and that's nothing you want. So apparently now, um, it's classified as a as a left mild strain on his on his thumb. However, um, surgery for some reason is being considered. I have no idea why it would be. They're saying that he might not need surgery, should not need surgery. But why is even surgery being considered? It's it's one of those things where it's a thumb. I I sprain my fingers all the time doing shit. Maybe like I'm. I'm picking up something or I grab something the wrong way or something hits and jams one of my fingers or whatever like that. I understand I'm not a professional athlete, but, you know, it, it seemed like something he was doing. Like, he didn't get hit by no ball. It wasn't anything. He, he just, you know, pulled his pulled his thumb. And now he's going to be out for a little while. They're gonna put, they put him on the 10-day IL. And I have no idea what's going to happen in terms of that. Are they going to, you know... Um, evaluate apparently he's going to see a hand specialist tomorrow that's what Aaron Boone said and I have no idea what's going to come out of that who knows what the hand specialist says and what is a hand specialist let me look that up I'm going to look up hand specialist how do you say that what's the real term for a hand specialist um Hand specialists are orthopedic, plastic, or general surgeons who have additional training in the surgery of the hand. Uh, to become members of the American Society of Surgery of the Hand, hand surgeons must take a full year of additional training. It must pass a rigorous certifying examination. Interesting. Um, so I guess, you know, I don't know if there's any real term for a hand specialist, but he's going to see one tomorrow. And I, I'm assuming it has to be one of the better hand specialists because the Yankees obviously need him. Um, to, to, to get a second opinion. So right now the, the 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 stasis is that he does not have to have hand surgery or thumb surgery, but they need a second opinion. And I get it. You know, you want to make sure that he comes back and he's hitting and raking the same way he was raking before he got injured. So we got those three major MVP caliber guys injured in the lineup. So now it's next man up 2.0. You know, you got our AAA guys from last year coming back. You know, you call up Miggy, you know, Clint Frazier, Red Thunder is, has been amazing since he's been back. He's honestly, the first game he came back, I think he had, he went three and four, four and five. The guy is a star and it's a shame that Brian Cashman seems to hate the guy because he always sends him down, even if he makes a small ass mistake, but he was willing to keep up Greg Bird all that time. He, He was willing to, uh you know, basically deal with everybody else's bullshit, for lack of a better word, but then when Clint Frazier seems to be struggling for a little bit, it seems like he just gives up on him. It's just not cool. Um, Red Thunder is Red Thunder. He is amazing. He is the mass vigilante. He comes in there, he hits a home run, his his first at-bat in the, in the majors this year, hits a home run, skyrockets it to, to, to left field and deep. One of the best at-bats I've seen so far this year. The guy rakes, love his swing. Then I believe he hits a double, he gets a base hit. It's it's just incredible what this guy has been able to do. You know what I mean? And 
he's just going to be consistent. And that beautiful, beautiful outfield play he he had uh, he had against uh, Boston last night, August fifteenth. Um, it it was that would believe it was the first play or second play of the game. I did the highlights for it, which is on my TGWE media account. But he came in there and he looked like he was a new man in the outfield. The guy is a great defensive guy. Now, I mean, I don't want to say anything crazy, but I mean, we all thought that Mickey probably could hold his own in the outfield. That turned out not to be the case. I don't think Mickey could really, or Miguel and Duhar for you know whatever. I don't think he can play the outfield, but at least Clint Frazier comes from that outfield perspective already. He he comes from knowing how to play the outfield in AAA, the minors, whatever. Miggy came up as a third baseman, and he wasn't that good of a third baseman, which is why Gio ended up taking his job. But at the end of the day, Clint is a, a, a born and bred outfielder. You know, he just rakes more than he he than he defends. He's just a better raker than he is a defender, which is totally fine. You have a whole bunch of those kind of guys, right? Not everybody could be both defense and offense like Mookie Betts. It's just not everybody's wired that way. But you certainly can improve, and he has shown to be improved. Even the even the the plays that come to him when he's in the outfield that look like, you know, there's no way he can get it, but just his tracking of the ball and just making sure that he gets to the ball in time so that, the runner, base runner doesn't go to second or third. It's, you know, his throws. Like, he, he he's really aware in the outfield. He seems super aware in the outfield. He actually looks very comfortable. Very more comfortable than he did last year with those couple of uh, terrible dives that he had in the outfield that kind of got, like, the whole Yankee Stadium on him that wet little bit of time. You know, even with that being the case, the guy was still raking last year, and now it seems like he's going to be raking and defending this year, which is creating a monster because now we have an amazing guy in Clint, you know, and they're batting him like eighth, seventh in the Atlanta in the lineup for no reason. I guess it's because Aaron Boone still wants to give, you know, credit with credit to do and whether that loyalty and they don't want to send anybody down but Brett, who was on his on his way out. But still, you know, I just think that it's it's fucked up because he could be a star in any other team. You know, he reminds me of all these rookies, reminds me of all these guys who were the top prospects. He is, he was a top prospect uh, at one point before he got called up, I think in 2017. And now he's just like a certified badass. You know, he's a stud. And I just hope that we keep him. Um, But who knows? If we trade him, we better get a lot for him. I feel like we need to get like an, like, not an ace pitcher because we're not going to get another ace, but we could definitely get like a three-hole pitcher, two-hole pitcher. You know, with James Paxton losing a little bit of velo, still good, but just losing a little bit of velo. He's coming back to it where he used to be. He had pitched another good game yesterday. Um, I'm not too worried about him anymore. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. The guy struck out like 11 in Tampa. I, I, I love the guy now. Um, Tanaka, too. I love Tanaka, and he's pitching as good as he will ever pitch. Um so now, you know, a lot of people are speculating that we might even trade for uh, Mike Clevenger in the Cleveland, in with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Mike Clevenger is, is, you know, he's very eccentric looking. You know, he has a lot of tattoos, uh, long hair. But the guy has an interesting windup. The guy can pitch. He can throw 97, 98. 
Um, I'm not even sure. Maybe even throw 99. I don't know. I saw him pitch last year. We lost that game. The guy locked us down. Highlights are on YouTube. <laughs> um, the guy is amazing. So if if we want to pursue somebody, maybe Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger seems to be on everybody's radar right now in terms of trades come August 31st. Um, so if we do end up trading him, that's what has to happen. We need to get somebody along those lines because we do need, like, we have enough pitching in Monty and, and you know, we got Clark Schmidt in the alternate site, but and we even have Michael King, who Michael King is, you know, hit or miss nowadays, right? I feel like he would be a good bullpen arm, somebody to have in long relief, but I'm not even sure. Anymore. I haven't seen Michael King pitch in like almost I think five or six games. But um yeah, we need we need somebody like that. Um but yeah, you know. Um I'm trying to think what else um happened. You know, we, we had a lot of things that happened. Obviously, I think we're on uh we, we're we're on the midst of sweeping Boston. Boston looks terrible. Boston they don't even want to look like they tried, but I'm gonna tell you one person who I really like in Boston. And uh, it's interesting because I didn't think he was I was going to like him based on how he looks and the fact that he wears 99. And, you know, 99, in my opinion, is, should be reserved for one person in the league, and that's Judge. But, hey, you know, Alex Verdugo, he's not bad. You know, he's not great, but he's not bad. The guy hit two home runs against us this series already. The guy got on base quite a number of times. The guy stole third out of nowhere because I guess he was like, fuck it. Our team is going to lose and get swept, and we're about to go on a seven-game losing streak. I might as well just take the extra mile and just try to go for that. And I don't knock him. People were knocking him on Twitter. I don't knock him. You know, Gary, his woes are gone. Gary Sanchez is back. It's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, hit two home runs in two days against one against Ryan Brazier, who gave him shit in 2018 during the ALDS, telling him to get the fuck back in the box. No, fuck you. I'm going to hit a home run off you. You know? It's 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 great, and you should see like his look on his face when he hit that home run was just like wow, like you know that was the the most happiest I've seen Gary, the most locked in I've seen Gary this whole season, you know. And um, Glaber, he's on a run too. He hasn't had a home run yet since Baltimore, but or no, it wasn't Baltimore. It was actually the first series in Nationals when he hit his only home run of the season. But he's been getting hits, and he's been getting on base. Aaron Hicks. Not that great of a hitter anymore, but he's getting some hits here and there, but he's mostly just getting on base anytime he can. Luke Voigt is a raker. That guy is amazing. And I didn't think so at the early part of the season. I thought that he was looking kind of lost, but it, I guess, you know, I understand that he just needed to get locked in. And once he's locked in, he's locked in. The guy can't The guy can't do no wrong. That's Luke Voigt. That's Luke. Luke, Mike Ford, a great game today. You know, we got we got a great coverage on first base, I'm going to tell you, man. Great coverage on first base. And, you know, obviously Gio is amazing as usual. Uh, best, in my opinion, one of the best defensive third basemen in the league. The guy can can rake as well. It's rake way better than we ever thought he could. <laughs> so, I mean, the guy is amazing. Um, Glaber kind of had some hit, uh, excuse me, kind of had some hiccups. In uh in shortstop, but he's back. You know he's doing a lot of great things in shortstop. It's it's amazing, um and uh, it's it's great to see him like being his own out there, but also you know just being comfortable on both sides of the plate. Man, it's great. 
Yeah, man. And in second base, obviously DJ. So now we got Tyler Wade in there. And, you know, DJ was getting hits every day. DJ was the fucking man. He's the, the machine. But unfortunately, he's out right now. Who knows what happens there. And um, our outfield's looking pretty good. Brett is basically there just to... I mean, it's kind of good that we have Brett because he's the only other pure defensive out uh, outfield that we have besides... Aaron Hicks, Mike Talkman, and Clint Frazier. But, you know, he's actually really just good to just have as a, uh, I guess you could say like a replacement outfielder. So I'm glad that we haven't, like, you know, got rid of him yet or anything like that. We're not going to get rid of him. I'm just saying, you know, he's going to fulfill the rest of his contract in New York and he's going to, you know, be on the field. But I'm just saying, like, I'm glad that we haven't full on, like, benched him yet um, because we obviously we need him. You know, this guy's gone. Um, Aaron. He'll be back soon, but, you know, until then, what's going to happen, you know? Miggy just got called up just to fill up that extra roster space. Dairo Estrada is basically just there as well. Um, but, yeah, we got a lot of great things going on with this team, you know? Um, it's it's going to it's gonna take a lot, but we can get... We can, we're we're going to win, hopefully, the division. Our biggest rival right now, right now, it seems to be Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore right now is in the playoffs. And, I mean, we swept Baltimore, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, personally, I feel like we should worry more about Tampa, but I feel like the only reason they won that series is because we were at the Trop, which is notoriously one of the worst stadiums in all of Major League Baseball, or all of baseball in general. I can think of probably college baseball fields that are extremely more well-rounded and better than that piece of shit. Um, And, yeah, it just looks aesthetically and... And as as we've known, it's the uh, the turf in there is, is terrible on the legs. I don't I don't know. Apparently, Aaron Judge says that he's going to switch shoes every time he goes from defense to offense. So when he's back in the lineup, he'll put on cleats. But when he's in the outfield, he'll put on tennis shoes or whatever. That sounds like a decent plan. Anything you have to do to stay healthy, I'm all for it, Judge. Please do that because we love you and we need you. Now, yeah, so that's really cool and. Uh, now, let's talk a little bit about basketball. It seems like baseball is kind of like out there. Um, oh, before I jump into basketball, um, obviously Fernando Tatis Jr. showing up big. Uh, we got a lot of great guys out there. Um, Juan Soto against the Mets. The Mets are doing terrible, but Ron Soto just hit like three home runs against them last series. Uh, Mike Trout is out here doing big things ever since the birth of his new uh, uh, baby boy. And yeah, it's, it's seeming, it's looking like a really good league right now. And uh, who knows what happens, but it could take a lot of time for, uh, you know, I, I'm just hoping that the Yankees stay in contention and we just want to get our guys back. Because Aaron Judge was at the top of the world right now. He was at the top of the world every every before he got like injured. You know, he had nine home runs. Now, Mike Trout and Fernando Tatis Jr. have t- basically tied him. I think it's Mike Trout, but I know Fernando Tatis Jr. tied him. And um, let me go to MLB leaders in HR 2020. So when it comes to Oh, and then Mookie Betts. Oh, my God. Three home runs. 
that was one of the best games I've ever seen from any guy. I mean, well, let's just say this. Like, he is amazing. Um, I feel like Boston is going to have a new curse on them, just like they had back in the day with Babe Ruth. They're going to have another uh, thing with, with Mookie Betts. They traded the best player probably in baseball, one of the best players, top three, top four player in baseball by far. And the fact that, you know, they traded him, you know, I mean, not saying Alex Verdugo is bad. Like I said, I complimented his game. He has a lot of potential, but at the same time, you know, it's not Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is Mookie Betts, and um, it's just crazy. So let me just look up the home run leaders in 2020. So Mike Trout, I was correct. It was Mike Trout and Fernando Tatis Jr. that are tying Aaron Judge. That is great. Um, not Actually, no, it's not great, but it's great for the game, but it's it's not good because... Now Aaron Judge is not on top anymore. And that's why I know that he wanted to come and play because, of course, he wants to still be on the top of his game. I wouldn't be surprised if his first game back in the lineup, he hits two home runs because the guy knows what he has to do in order to win that MVP trophy. This is probably going to be his best chance in the next three years to get that trophy because once we go back to 162 games, it might get a little harder. But it's going to be harder for everybody. But... You know, because if you're if you're hot like the way he was hot, you would have thought that if he was stayed healthy, he probably would have won that shit like that. But unfortunately, he didn't. So we don't know. You know, now it's going to come down to a lot of other factors, but I'm not saying anything. But Mike Trout and Fernando Tatis Jr. are looking pretty good right now. I think Mike Trout's more in the running for MVP than anybody else. DJ LeMayu, too. But in terms of the American League, but we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So let's talk about NBA a little bit. Uh, I think baseball is pretty well covered right now for this week. I kind of got all my points out the way. That's pretty good. Um, so what basketball is doing, I'm starting to like. Uh, I I, I kind of was hesitant, really, to get into basketball um, after after they had came back in the bubble because, first of all, my first impressions with the bubble, of the bubble were not good. I looked at it, and I was like, this is not, like, real basketball. Like, I, 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 I wanted to see, like, more emulation of the of of a of an arena appearance. I wanted to see like uh, courts that looked like home courts for certain teams. It doesn't seem like that. It seems like they got one neutral court. Of course, you got Zoom conferences for fans of each team and everything like that. That's pretty cool, but it just is kind of like disheartening at first for me when I saw that. But then after a while, you kind of get used to it, and that's kind of what happened to me. Now the game between Damian Lillard's uh, Portland Trailblazers and the Brooklyn Nets the other day was insane. Damian Lillard was doing everything he could for to keep his team in the in contention, and they ended up winning that game by one point. It was amazing just to see Damian Lillard do what he does. Uh, McCullum stood up as well, and Nurkic was there as well. And then Carmelo, it's great to see Carmelo just do what he does and just be back. You know, as a Knicks fan myself, it's just great to see him. You know. Um, just out there and just like in playoff contention, quote unquote. And then obviously that was another game with Portland versus Memphis where Ja Morant was just out here left and right doing work. Damian didn't score any at all in the fourth quarter. It was all McCullum and McCullum had to stand up because that, that's the second guy. You know what I mean? Um, and then it's probably Nurkic and then Melo. But that was the second guy. He needed to stand up. And it was great to see that. Um Honestly, my predictions in terms of the NBA playoffs this year, I still have, like I had 
before this ever happened, this COVID crisis happened, I had LeBron winning it, especially right after Kobe dying. I knew that that was just going to, you know, not to say that he was, you know, using his death for motivation only. Of course, no, not 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 at all. What I'm saying is, is that I'm sure that, you know, the whole city of Los Angeles wants the Lakers to win now more than ever. Um, after what had happened to one of their icons, I think it's obvious that 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 has to happen. And um, and I know LeBron wants to win so badly as well. So I think that they're the ones that want it the most, and I think that they will win just because of the sheer talent they got on their team. LeBron is amazing. Um, and Anthony Davis is probably the best player on that team, to be honest with you. A lot of people say it's LeBron, but. A lot of people say it's Anthony Davis as well. Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. The guy's going to put up numbers, going to get you rebounds, going to get you blocks, and the guy is just going to be an overall force to be reckoned with, you know? Of course, there's the incident with Giannis, how he headbutted some guy. It's crazy. Um, I don't know why he did that, but he did it. Uh, he's just been kind of showing a temper lately. As he's been in the bubble, it seems as if though he's getting into fights left and right. Who knows if that carries on into the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I guess you could say that's it for sports. We are hitting the 29-minute mark. And now, let's talk a little bit about film and television. Um, the other day, well, before I get into it, if you, you know, this is, this is now the section in which I talk about film. In television because that was my passion you know it still is that's it's it's something I went to school for something I talk about on a day-to-day basis um, and with the COVID crisis before the COVID crisis I was going to movies every day and now it's just like unfortunately I can't so I watch movies as much as I can but obviously with sports being back it's kind of hard because the Yankees play every day and etc I got to work during the day and weekends the Yankees sometimes play in the afternoon and then it's hard to figure out what movies you want to see. So last weekend, I talked about Palm Springs and American Pickle, some other films that I had saw, and I even went through my letterbox. Um, I am, you know, I didn't see any new movies this this, uh, this weekend, but however, um, it was the 10-year anniversary of a very good film that I really love, and that is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. This film came out in 2009. And honestly, took people by storm because when people saw the trailer, I remember being in theaters when people were seeing the trailer and people were like, yo, what the hell is this? Because if you weren't familiar with the comic, you would probably thought this was just some corny ass concept that some, you know, Hollywood producer wrote up because, oh, this is like Hollywood just can't make up their minds of what they want to do anymore. So what is this? Seven evil, evil exes? What is this? But. You know, which is probably what hurt it at the end of the day. Didn't really make a lot of box office numbers. Was not a was not a financial success. However, it was a big critical success, and it's a cult classic. Currently, um, a lot of people who watch the film praise it because of its visuals, but also because of its quirky humor, its witty humor, and its script. It's very fast paced, but also is very enthralling, very entertaining. Edgar Wright, honestly, one of the best directors working and one of the better directors that works for he works with a lot of lighthearted comedy i mean he has done like darker like elements to it but it's mostly lighthearted stuff like you know Shaun of the dead hot fuzz 
you know, Baby Driver, you know, I love Baby Driver, but, you know, it's very, very lighthearted, but serious at the same time, and this is like a full-fledged action comedy, and it's beautiful, it's a very good movie, and, you know, Edgar Wright was just showcasing a lot of pictures that he had on set, and it, and it was like, wow, you know, because, like, it just motivated me so much, because, you know, as somebody who went to film school and has been on sets, and, it just reminded me how good it felt to be a director on my own sets again and hiring actors, hiring crew and just like uh, being, you know, the director and and just being an overall good guy. Edgar Wright is known for being this nice guy. You know what I mean? Like you hear about you hear about a lot of directors being obsessed, you know, is perfect. It has to be perfect. It's perfection, perfectionist. And while I think that's also important, I feel that there are ways to do that without being an asshole, and Edgar Wright seems to have done that. No one has said anything bad about him. He seems to be one of the better, uh, lighthearted directors out there, and he makes great work. So it's not binary. You don't. You could still make great art and be a good person. And it seems like Edgar Wright seems to be, uh, you know, leaning. I don't know the guy, but leaning towards being a, a better person. You know, you see him sharing on set photos. You see him. Uh, doing this with a whole bunch of uh, actors that hadn't even hit their A-list status yet. Brie Larson was in that movie, and she won an Oscar, I believe, six years later, and I didn't know who the hell she was by, like, 2012, 2013. It was interesting because I saw her in 21 Jump Street, and I was just like, who is this girl? But then I realized, oh, okay, like a few years later, that's Brie Larson. You know, she did Short Term 12. She has her own YouTube channel now. She was Captain Marvel. She was in that movie. She played one of, not the evil exes, but the evil exes new girlfriend who was the main character's ex-girlfriend. So, if that makes any sense. But, um, that is interesting. And then you had also Anna Kendrick. Of course, you have Michael Sarah, who's, you know, Scott Pilgrim himself. You had Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, who is making a name for herself now. Just recent, most recently in Harley Quinn. So many great people. Aubrey Plaza, Brandon Ralph, who former Superman actor, you know, was in that movie. So many great people, you know, and it's interesting uh, the legacy that that film has 10, 11 years later. And it was, I just thought that interesting. I felt like I wanted to talk about that because I hadn't seen any new movies as of late. I know this is new show called Love uh, Lovecraft Country or Love Country, something like that, but it's on HBO Max. Definitely think I'm going to check it out maybe this next week. Maybe I'll talk about it next week on the podcast. Yeah, so who knows, man. Um, there's a lot of good movies that are on their way. I want to see this new movie called Oh God, Yes, which is like, oh, yes, God, yes. It's with, uh, let, me, let, me, let me say, yes, God, yes. Let me go to second stream. But yeah, you, you you see like it's it's called Yes God Yes. It has a ninety four on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like seventy eight minutes long. Of course, I mean, never mind the IMDb rating. The Metacritic rating is pretty good. Um, it's about a, you know I I I'm thinking about watching it. I haven't seen it yet. But it's with um, what's her name? What's her Natalie Dyer from Stranger Things? Yes. So I definitely want to check that out. Um. 
Let's just check out Letterboxd to see what other films maybe we should check out for next week. It's interesting. Hmm. She dies tomorrow. Oh, Project Power just came out. Not really in a huge rush to see that. This looks like another Netflix film that's just not kind of all there. No, Casey Neistat has a cameo in it, which is interesting, but it's with Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just looks like one of those eh movies. Like, do I really want to watch it? Spend how many minutes of my life on it? 113 minutes. Mm. See, if it was 90 minutes or 89 minutes, I probably wouldn't mind so much. I'd be like, okay, but... I didn't finish the last Netflix film that was over 90 minutes, and I don't know if I have the bandwidth anymore. Personally, I feel like a lot of these Netflix films are kind of half-assed. They look different, but not to not to say that you know I I, I not, not 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 nothing against the streaming, but I um it, 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 there's a lot of great Netflix films um but at the same time there are some of them that it's just like oh all right but do I really want to watch that but yeah but that being said yeah Netflix has so many great things on it so but you know. So there's HBO Max and everything like that. They're going to have a whole bunch of new stuff coming out soon. That's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah. Um, so unfortunately, I haven't seen anything too too much. Um, I can't wait for Euphoria to come out. Um, but that's not going to film until like next year. It's just been a very shitty year for movies because of the fact that everything's been pushed back. Tenet has been pushed back even more because of... You know, they're, they 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 kind of want to come out with, like, it in the U.S. It seems as if, though, in Australia, they already started selling tickets. They're going to start selling tickets in the, in the U.S. soon, which is very interesting because how is that going to work? I don't know. Quite frankly, we'll see what happens. I may go. Like, honestly, I, I just, I don't know. I live in New York. It's going to be hard to do anything. For the next four months until we get a vaccine or until 2021 or something changes but uh you know i i really want to watch a movie in the theater and we'll see what happens um yeah i need to get some people on this show um i want to hopefully get somebody eventually because um it's it will be good to have another perspective talk about Either film or movie or or or, or baseball, like or basketball or something. It just it just would be great just to like have somebody there. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, great. So I don't want to keep you guys anymore, but thank you guys so much for watching, listening to this podcast. It's going to be a weekly thing. This is my second episode. Um, we're hitting the forty minute mark. Definitely make sure to check out me on my other uh, channel. So, obviously, your this is this podcast will be in visual form 
on my TGWE podcast YouTube channel, which you'll be able to link to, but also my uh, YouTube uh, channel where I talk about film and television, which I actually haven't posted a video in like seven months, but I'm going to get back into it. Just takes time. These videos take a long, a long while to do. But since I have more time on my hands, I might as well start getting back into it. Uh, of course, my baseball YouTube is TGWE Media. Just posted a new highlight video with today's highlights on uh, August 16th, Yankees Red Sox. So that's pretty cool. And of course, on Instagram, TGWE Media, we're going to be up ramping that up soon, very much uh, posting, hopefully, close to daily content on that. Um, it's just, you know, you got to just manage bandwidth. That's basically all it has to, has to do. You know, unfortunately I have to work. So, I mean, not unfortunately, I'm glad I have a job, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, in, in terms of the podcast or whatever like that, you know, you have to, you know, make time to do things and, um, uh, and we will eventually we will. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much for watching again. And, um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Make sure to like and subscribe and check me out on my other stuff. Have a good one. Peace.